Okay, it's so great to be with you guys today. Um, I came many times with my parents growing up to Christ Center, and so it's really interesting to come uh, at this stage of my life. It just really feels like coming home to family, and, and I think that's because of the relationships that have been so long-standing here uh, between my family and, and now our family, the Bauman family, and you guys. And just like Bruce shared, um, I, I really don't think a few words, in a few words, we could adequately describe how grateful we are to you guys as a, as a body, as our body, part of the body of Christ that we're part of. Um, your prayers make such a difference in the things that God is doing through us. And part of what I want to do today is, is several things, and that is to share a little bit about our family so you get to know us better, and to share our story, what God's been doing in our life. Um, I, I don't have a message to preach that's at you. I have a message to preach that's what God's been doing to me <laughs> and to us. And I hope that through that, God encourages you and, and challenges you and lifts you up and helps you to see what he's doing on the earth. And, um, and part of what I want to do, too, is to share um, and show you some pictures of others from your body that are overseas right now. So you get to see in real time what God is doing in them and through them in the nations. And I hope it's encouraging for you. I hope that you... Uh, get a bigger picture of what God's doing in the world as a result of this morning. Um, I wanted to share a little bit about my family. And so the picture up here is um, of, of our family. Uh, our oldest son, Nick, is on the far left. He's 23. And he and another staff member are leading the turkey team uh, right now. And then, of course, Sarah, you met our precious daughter, who's the joy of our home. She brings a little curry into our life. And uh, we sure wouldn't be the same without her. And uh, on the far right is our, our middle child, Caleb, who just turned 21. And his little girl, you might be wondering, who's that little cutie in the middle? And that is Caleb's three-and-a-half-year-old daughter. And, uh, and then, of course, Bruce and I. We've been in Youth with a Mission for 26 years, which I really was a baby when we joined. No. Um, I was pretty young, though, and... Um, what an awesome privilege to grow up in missions and then also then have such a great experience that in my own life, my heart wanted to be involved in what God was doing on the earth. Um, uh, I just wanted to show a couple pictures. So this is our oldest son, Nick, and he does have a serious girlfriend who possibly this very day is going to become his fiance. So, um, you know, you guys... What a, a joy to believe God to provide someone that loves him for your kids. And that really has been a prayer of mine the last few years. Lord, lead, lead people to my kids who love you and you're first. Everything else works itself out. But if, you, if they find someone, if you lead someone to them that loves you most, then everything's going to be okay. And God really answered my prayer in Ashley. She's from Indiana um, and just has a heart of gold and a real passion for evangelism and missions, and I couldn't be more pleased with who God has led his way. Um, this is our son, Caleb, who I just mentioned was 21. Part of what I want to share is a little bit of our story with Caleb. Um, we served in Tyler for a number of years, 13 years. Then we moved to the Muslim world, to Azerbaijan, and we led a team there of diverse people working in diverse areas in the nation. Um, 
And uh, our kids came, we, we drug our kids around the world, packed up everything we owned, sold the rest, and moved to the Muslim world. And what a rich time it was for our family. As we moved back, um, you know, there's all the adjustments with coming back from living in another part of the world. And part of Caleb's story um, centers around that. I wanted to show you um, my favorite and only granddaughter, Abby Jean Grace, and she's three and a half and lives with us right now. She lives with us more than she lives with her mom. She lives with us Sunday night to Friday afternoon. And this was just this last week, and she was saying, eating breakfast and saying, Daddy, eat me. And so you can see she really loves her dad, and her dad really loves her. And what a joy that she is um, to our family. About five years ago, we had moved back from the Muslim world, and, and God was really speaking to Bruce and I about continuing to, to do discipleship. We were kind of in a situation where we really didn't have a lot of people around us. We didn't have a setting for discipleship. Um, and the Lord was speaking to us and, and doing things in our hearts, and through a series of events, God opened the door for us to start, start a new Youth with a Mission work in just north of Dallas, uh, in, the air, in the city of Wiley. So we're sort of part of the Dallas Metroplex, just on the northeast side. And um, God just supernaturally opened a door for us to be able to start this ministry. There was a dormant corporation even, and it only cost us $25 to register YWAM Wiley. And it took three weeks, and then boom, we were ready to roll. The only problem was it was just our family. We had been living overseas, kind of in a very closed nation for a long time. We, had, we weren't at a large YWAM center like we were before, but we said, God, if this is really you, you can bring a team to us because we can't do it on our own. We don't have a natural ability to do that right now in our situation, but you can. So we started to pray. And one by one, um, and in obedience, we moved our family to Wiley, which is about 35 minutes from where we had landed after Azerbaijan. One by one, God brought a team. And so that was five years ago. Um, it was mostly hard on Caleb. And he struggled a lot with saying goodbye, kind of some accumulative losses. Um, and as he was 16, 15, 16 at the time. And it was just that time when you do kind of begin to struggle and find who, Lord, who, I'm, who am I? And uh, he came to us one day when he was 16. was definitely not a very outgoing was just had we had just moved to Wiley and came and said, Mom and Dad, this girl that I've just started to spend time with, she's going to have a baby. Well, you can only imagine, you guys, we had just moved to Wiley. We, just, we were, first of all, incredibly shocked because he hadn't really been dating very long or anything like that, but we all know that that can happen. And um, I want to be really real with you guys because we're real people and we're just like you. And um, what an incredible time in our lives for God to be faithful and to lead us through that and help us to know how to walk with our own son. Thank the Lord we had relationship with him. That's the one encouragement I can give you as a mom who's walked this road is it's so important to have relationship with your kids. When they do the right thing and when they do the wrong thing, you just need to have relationship with your kids because in the end, that's really what comes to the surface. Um, we prayed a lot and we did what we normally do in our life where our parenting style is we kind of want to get to the bottom of what happened with him. 
uh, we loved him and we accepted him and we embraced him and we prayed with him, but we wanted to find out, Lord, what happened? Caleb, what happened? And so uh, over the course of the next year, um, the Lord really brought to the surface that there was a wound and a place that bitterness had come in in his heart um, where we had left his dog in Azerbaijan. And that was kind of the beginning of him walking down a road of getting angry. And quickly, God just brought, we just said, oh, Caleb, we're so sorry. Will you forgive us? Because we did not know that that would hurt you like it has. Will you forgive us? And from that moment on, we just had such a great, God was doing things in his life and transforming him. And quickly, he was back to the old Caleb that we knew the sensitive guy that loves the Lord and was sensitive to his voice. Um, and so this is fast forward now, three and a half years, we have this awesome little girl. Caleb has gone, uh, he graduated from high school, he went to YWAM in Orlando, and then he came and worked to pay child support and went back and did a secondary school and moved back, and then now he has had her about half time since he's moved back. And what a great dad he is, what an expression of the father heart of God that he is. She's an amazing girl that I wish you could meet. Um, and I, I share that story because, you guys, there are hard things. There are hits that we take. There are losses that we feel, and there are things that we have to walk through, and our kids do too. We're not a perfect cookie-cutter family that has no challenges. God helped us to know how to walk through that and to love and to see his redemption story unfold. But there's real loss, and there's real cost for following Jesus, there is a cost. It's cost us greatly as a family, and yet it's worth it. Um, I share that story because uh, as we were moving to Wiley, God really spoke to us two years ago. So that Abby Jean was a couple years old, and when we moved to Wiley, I had kind of said something in my heart to God. I didn't really say it out loud, but in my heart I said, Lord, it is not good for us to ever move again. Never say that. I just, in my heart, I had just kind of pendulum swung to the other way. Lord, it's not been good for our kids. We need to get a house. We need to settle down. We need to plant roots, and we never need to move again. In my heart, that's really what I said. Two years ago, uh, someone sent me a word, and I ended up through a series of events reading this blog about a family who were firefighters and they had always had a, a heart for missions for like 10 years, but they had never obeyed. They had never responded to that. And they just, now at this time in their life, they sold everything they had and they moved into an RV. And their son had this disease where he was allergic to all food. So they're trying, they're, they takes eight hours every day to prepare their food. And they're living in an RV, they sold everything they had, they have nothing, and their son, when they're struggling, is giving them the word of the Lord. Their son that's allergic to all food. He literally cannot eat any food. And I'm reading this blog and I'm just weeping. And I felt like the Lord said, Patty, if you really want to see happen what I've spoken to you to do, are you willing to move again? And I said, oh, Lord. Yes, of course I am. I want what you want for us. I want what your plans are for us. Yes, I'm willing to move. Well, as soon as I said that, it was as if the dominoes started to fall. Everything unleashed. And 
uh, a property opened up in downtown Wiley that had been, it had been empty for six months. It was several buildings that were like shells, nothing inside almost. And right behind it was a little old house. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. That's the little old house, the leaning house. About 125 years old. Um, thank the Lord that when I saw this house, I'm a visionary. <laughs> and you know, through a series of events, God opened up this facility for us to move into. And we said, the only way we'll do it is if we can live in this house. Because God's spoken to us that in order to create the community and the culture that I want you to have to, to disciple young people, to know me and to make, make me known, you have to live there with them. Because even if you live two miles away, it's never going to be what I want it to be. You need to live in this house. You need to sell your house again. You need to move into this house. And so I said, okay. We said, okay, God, of course, that's what we want. And uh, God has done so many wonderful things since the day we moved into that little old house. It leans. We've had rats. We had a really bad hailstorm that you guys know about with uh, softball-sized hail that came through our windows and the roof and all kinds of things. Um, just last week, our last roof was repaired. So it's, it's taken 10 months. Um, the first five or six months were the hardest. We had rain and water coming in all the time. Um, but man, you guys, I cannot tell you the joy and the fruit from the obedience of moving into that house, of saying, yes, Jesus. You know, we always have, making Jesus Lord is not really a one-time deal. It's a daily deal till the day we go with, to be with him. And if we, we can always at any time say, no, no more. It's too hard, Lord. And I, I would be lying to you to say there haven't been times that I've said, this is too hard, God. This is a hard life that you've called us to. You know, we don't have anything for the future, but God's promises have been there for us. If you will seek my kingdom first, all these things will be added unto you. Everything that you need, I will take care of your needs. And I truly believe that. He's been faithful. He's never failed us. He's never, he's heard our cry for our kids' lives, and he's done incredible things. Um, there's a verse in um, John 15. I better start showing the pictures or you're not going to have enough time. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Jesus said, you're my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, or some versions say slaves, for the servant doesn't know what the master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, this is Jesus saying this, but I chose you. And appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide or remain. So that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. You know, we kind of wonder why, why go? Why go therefore into all the world? Why can't we stay therefore into all the world? It's a good question. Why did Jesus say to his disciples, 
very close to his death, leave him with kind of that important challenge is because his desire is that all would know him, that all people, all nations, all tribes would know him. And guess what? That's why he sent Jesus. Jesus went. Jesus left home, the most beautiful home, the side of his father. He left home to, to do the mission of, G, of the father. Jesus said, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will, and this is the will of God, that I should not lose even one of these he has given me, but that I should raise them up at the last day. For it is my Father's will that all who see his Son and believe in him should have eternal life. I will raise them up at the last day. That was Jesus' mission. God didn't even spare his own Son. His Son God's only son was a missionary. He didn't have eight sons like my husband's family, and a few went into missions. He had his only son that he sent from his presence into the world to become a missionary. It's pretty cool to think about that. God's son was a missionary. Um, This is the property that uh, we moved into. And it's right on Main Street. One of the things we've been praying for for since the beginning of moving to Wiley five years ago, that would God would give us an opportunity to be where the people are. Not to be 30, 45 minutes away, but to be right in the heart of the city that God called us to. There's a reason he called us there. People are hungry for God. Now, is it, is, does it have its challenges? Of course it does. But, you know, we have these two buildings right on Main Street, and there's a lot of needy people that need to know Jesus right around us. Uh, We started to, as a team, uh, started to do a big building project. You can see Bruce was digging up ground. We were framing in walls because we needed to create a campus for students to come to, teams to come to, and ministry to flow out of to to the ends of the earth. You know, we didn't have a dollar when we started, but God provided so miraculously about $65,000 was our part of the renovations. God provided it. I know we had one man come one day and he just gave, here's $13,000. We had a family that just sold their house and they drove by and Bruce gave them a tour and they sent $10,000 via PayPal. You know, We've never in our life seen those kind of financial miracles for the ministry God's called us to. But we obeyed, we moved our family, we did what he asked, and he met us in that place of faith in extraordinary ways. Has it been hard work? Yep, a lot of hard work. A lot of digging, a lot of plotting, both in the buildings and with team and in the community. This was the, the uh, somebody in the, in the community made that sign for us. We have a sign maker friend, and uh, that was the day that we dedicated and put up the sign. Um, one of the words that we got in one of our intercession times, one of the girls on our team said, I saw darkness all over Wiley, and all of a sudden in the night there was one light that came on, and I believe that that's... We're part of that light. We're sitting right in front of the light, and the light came on. 
Well, fast forward a couple years, and one of our photographers took this photo, and I thought, wow, that reminded me of that intercession time. And then from that light, light started shining all around the city and then a larger and larger area. And I really think it's a prophetic word for us. This is the inside. It was just a warehouse, and we, uh, Bruce and the crew, redid the floor with with stain. It doesn't quite look that good now because we've been using it. Um, this is our classroom and some of our dining area. Okay, and you can see we've got the flags up. We decided that we were going to put up a flag for every nation that we've impacted since our beginning. So right now we're up to 14 flags. So in five years, either students or staff have come or we've sent teams to 14 nations. And now 15 because we're in Turkey and that flag is not up there yet. So 15 nations. This is, our, this is our team, our staff and our students this fall. There's almost 30 of us. And uh, what a great crew we have. You can see Misty in the middle, Carlton and Jordan, Maddie, and crew up there. Awesome group. We have a lot of fun. This is our classroom. You know that guy right there. I thought that was a pretty cool. This is our class and our, um, he's teaching in our DTS. Um, One of the things that we get the privilege of doing, though, is because God spoke to us to be in the community, not separate from the community, is we really have a heart to engage our community in what God's doing, to make invitation for them to be part, for God to work in their lives. And so we opened up our Pure Heart Seminar, which is a week seminar we hold every year, um, just dealing with father wounds and mother wounds and true femininity and true masculinity and a whole bunch of other things. We had 60 attendees, and I just want to share one story. There's a girl that came uh, to this seminar. She was not in our training school. She came from another location. When she was 13, her father had been in prison all her life, and when she was 13, he was released. When he was released, he came out and raped her. That's her, her knowledge of her dad. And you guys, the deep work of God that he did in her life that day, that week, was phenomenal. Uh, She received a lot of healing and freedom and is never going to be the same. And there are hundreds of stories like that. One of the things we do, too, is we pray and intercede in our community every week. We go right down to the heart of the city, to the park, and we pray. We pray for our leaders. We pray for... the church, we pray for people that don't know him, we pray for kids and teens and everything, and God has moved and done incredible things and opened doors, I believe, as a result of prayer. We're also training our students that whatever community that they're in, that they need to pray as a lifestyle for their own community. Uh, When we had the hailstorm, we went down to a local coffee shop that had been decimated. We felt the Lord speak to us as a team that we needed to go down to that coffee shop and we needed to lay hands on the owner and pray for restoration because that coffee shop's like in the heart of the city and everybody comes there to meet. As tears rolled down her eyes, one of the girls on our team said, I think something's wrong with your foot. Can I pray for your foot? At the very end, she said, how did you know? how did you know that something was wrong with my foot? A month ago, I was starting to limp around. God knows and cares, and he showed this lady and this uh, business owner that he's on the move in her life and that he wants to bless her and restore. It was incredible. It was an awesome thing. We also do evangelism. You see Jordan there. We, we did a board um, in the community that, that, where we asked, what do you fear most? 
Well, that's not that, and that's not coming up to somebody and saying, do you know Jesus? That's saying, what a great opportunity for people to begin to open up and share their heart. We had a lot of great um, conversations that night and opportunities to pray with people. Um, So we do a lot of um, evangelism. Uh, Another thing that we've gotten involved with in the Dallas area, Dallas is in the top 10 cities in the U.S. for minor sex trafficking. We have partnered with an organization to search for missing and exploited teens. We also have an open door in the near future to mentor girls that are coming into the safe house. Um, uh, The director of that organization is going to India with me in March, and I'm connecting her with a great couple there that do the same thing. So I can't wait to see what God is going to do through relationships. Um, Almost every time we've gone on a search and rescue, one of those girls has been found. Um, I think every time, actually. I don't know of one time that we haven't found one of the girls. So it really does work. We go to the hot spots. One day I'm driving the bus. I've got 15 people in the bus. And we got a call, a tip, that there was a, gr- a girl had been spotted on the flyer, and she ended up being recovered or found that weekend. So God is working. There are things we can do. This was part of the team that went out. So we're also, as you see, we're training our students that come, the missionaries in training, that whatever community they are in, if it's Junction City, if it's Jinja, Uganda, if it's Calcutta, India, you need to live your life on mission. You need to have eyes to see opportunities and things that God would lay before you to be the light of Christ to those around you, to live as a lifestyle. Uh, We had a joy to open up a little store of our Hope's Gate products. I I know you've probably heard a little bit about it before, but we have projects in India and Uganda that give uh, job skill training to women at risk and some guys at risk too in Uganda. And uh, they make the products, we sell them, and then we give all of our profits back to the homes that we work with. I was sharing with Pastor Joshua that the largest gift that we've been able to give is $11,000 that helped um, this home that we work with in India, the safe house, to get into a new facility. And what a joy that was that day. I confess I did shed a few tears. This is our, so the store doesn't cost us a lot. It's a low cost because it's in our facility but it's right on Main Street, so the community can walk in and purchase products. Um, my assistant is married to a f- local physician, and it's, that's a real joy for me, too, to have uh, a partner in crime that's in the community. Um, she's an amazing woman, and she is really helping me to see that vision released, because I, of course, can't do all that. You know, I need, we need people on our team to be released into the things that God's bringing to us. She's an amazing woman of God, And I'm blessed, and the girls in India and Uganda are blessed too. That's our little store, and we have some things in the back later if you're interested. I want to share a little bit about India. So this is Jake. He's in our DTS. He's from Canada. Can you not see the joy on his face? You guys, it's so good for young people to know street kids. There are 18 million street kids in India alone. And if you haven't seen the movie Lion... I highly recommend it. It's nominated for a few Oscars, and it won a couple Golden Globes, I think. It really gives a great picture of how a child becomes a street child, one of the ways. Um, But this is Jake. Right now, they're in Calcutta until Wednesday, where they move to another city. They've been there five weeks, working actively with street kids. Now, because of Partially because our team has been going and serving longer periods of time, there are 11 kids that are now enrolled in school. 
And uh, our team is just this week purchasing a little bike taxi that's going to allow them to be transported to and from school in a much safer manner. Um, Our team has been walking them while they've been there, and so they probably have lost about 15 pounds each. (laughs) This is what a street person does to look for food. Uh, They really do live on the streets. They really do sleep there with nothing. Um, It's a very, very difficult life. Um, But God cares, and he sends you and I to show, show his love and his faithfulness. This is one of our former students who God really wrecked in India with a street girl. This is my son, Caleb. He and Sarah went with me with a team in July, and this little boy, Rahul, and his three sisters are true orphans. They have no adults supervising them. They live on the streets, and he was hit by a car crossing the road. So when we arrived, he had um, a fever, and his knee was huge, and we just had the opportunity to pray for him, pray for healing, Um, and we need to really lift up Rahul and his sisters. They're very vulnerable to trafficking and other atrocities, and God really touched him and is is helping him. We we partner with a street kid shelter there. Um, This is the Red Light District of India, and that's our team. You can see Jordan in the bottom corner here, praying for this prostitute and her son. Um, Wow. You've never really had your heart squeezed and shaken out until you've gone to the red light district into a brothel and hear the stories of the girls and how they're sold, 80% by their families. They're taken advantage of. They're, um, they have no hope, really, of ever doing anything different apart from Jesus. And I'm so thankful for him and what he's doing. These are the kids, a preschool we work with there. Um, we love to spend time there, and we love to see hope extended to them. I want to tell you about Asha. She's growing up in the red light district. Her mom is a prostitute. She's 10 years old. And um, Asha is already being abused. Apart from God's intervention in her life, she will, too, become a prostitute. I just... I don't know about you, but I want to believe that God can bring a change in her life, and she will not end up being a prostitute. Will you pray with me for Asha? You guys, this little precious girl, but she knows nothing different, and her mom doesn't know anything different. And without the Lord's intervention, without his mighty power, there is no hope for her to be anything else than a prostitute and live a very, very sad and hard life. Asha means hope. This is our team there. Uh, We spent a long time with Samir. Samir um, has a crazy story. Uh, He had a lot of abuse in his past. He ended up becoming a male prostitute in the red light district in India. Um, We were able to share the gospel with him for the first time. He had never heard that he was created for relationship with God. When our team shared with him, he said, I've never heard that. We were able to give him his first Bible. Um, That was a team with Jordan and Carlton that I was with last January. Um, Will you pray for Samir, that he will have a true encounter with Jesus like he's never known, and that he will come to have the freedom that comes from Christ? Um, You guys, there's so much idolatry, pagan worship there. We know that those gods are not alive. There's so much fear and hopelessness in in that religion. Our only hope is in Jesus. We minister to many kids. We teach jewelry making. This is our jewelry project. Those girls look young, but there's no one under 16. They're just really small for their age. 
Um, this girl was in our DTS, Alicia. She's about to join our team in the summer. And she was adopted from Pune when she was 10 years old. She applied to our DTS not knowing that we worked in her hometown in India. And she knew nothing about Sarah or the fact that we have an adopted Indian daughter from Pune. The day we got her application in our office, we were leaping around. We were just like, God, you're incredible. This girl doesn't even know what you're going to do in her life. I was able to take her back to the orphanage in Pune on her outreach. And I was able to help her to get some information she really needed to continue healing from what had happened to her. She was abandoned at a temple, just like you saw the picture of a little while ago. And God has led her life to a wonderful family that loved the Lord. And he's done great healing in her life in our mission school. She's an amazing woman. This was, of course, we love to kind of wear our coat of many colors as much as we can. This is DTS graduation. I want to share a little bit about the construction track um, of our DTS and to let you know that there's a lot of awesome practical application that happens. Um, this is Bruce in Uganda. For the last couple of years, we've been continuing to build on a community preschool in Jinja, partnering with a long-term YWAMer there who has a children's home, a shelter, to be able to minister more effectively in the community. She is building a large preschool because then all the kids will come in families and many, many will come to know the Lord. So the team right now that Madi is a part of is there. And I'm just going to show you some awesome pictures. This is one of the, this is the team that's there right now. Um, and they're continuing to build. A church in Kansas has been giving towards this project. And they just gave, a six, I think, 16000 to continue the, the next layer. So they're, they're starting on the second floor right now. Um, these are just, I actually got some of these pictures this morning. So I wanted to show you a few. This is the team. You can kind of see uh, Madi's there. And they're at a beautiful waterfall on the eastern side of Uganda. So the first part of the outreach, they were in uh, South Carolina with Bruce. Then they went to the eastern side of Uganda where they were doing evangelism, children's ministry, hut to hut, sharing the gospel. Um, it was very rough. They didn't have running water or electricity. So that's why you weren't hearing from them, <laughs> is that they didn't have any access to that. Oh, I want to show you this. So this was just one I got this morning of, of Madi, and, and that's Chloe, one of our staff, and the kids. What a lovely joy. And this is Madi teaching on evangelism in the life of Jesus. There they are, beauties. I just got this this morning. I'm assuming, since I haven't heard, talked with them on the phone, that they were able to share on the radio somehow. So in Uganda, one of our students is sharing on the radio. I want to move to Turkey. Our second team is in Turkey working with Syrian refugees. <laughs> I knew this would be your favorite part. <laughs> you guys, this generation wants to live significant lives. And you know, we as a culture spend so much time complaining on Facebook. But you know what? There are things to be done. There are ways that we can love Syrian refugees, even if our borders are closed. Because Jesus said, go. Go ye into all the world. And I can tell you one thing, Misty's never going to be the same. 
because she's loved Syrian refugees that don't have clothes. The message that I got from her was, there are so many families, and the kids are wearing rags, and they're not, they don't even have any shoes. So it would be like in this weather or colder, not having any shoes and having rags. The men are dressed very well because they don't really care about the women and children. And so our team has been partnering with a local church um, in Kuchadasa, a city close to Ephesus, and there are just so many families. They go camp to camp, up to four camps per day, and they're distributing food, clothing, formula, diapers, firewood. That's what the team is doing part of the time. This is the camp. This is some distribution. See, you can see the guys all have nice sweaters. Oh, Lord. This is the families, you guys. This is what Syrian refugees look like in Turkey. And this is Misty playing with the kids, showing them that they're valuable. Um, another thing that they're doing is they are sharing um, and mentoring young believers. I want to tell you the story of one young man. So this is our team joined together with some Muslim, former Muslims who have come to Christ and are now in a discipleship program that our team is serving in right now as well. Um, there's a story of one young man who um, was in a village and ISIS approached him. And this young man, we'll call him Rahul because we're not going to give his real name. They said Timmy. I'm like, that's not a Muslim name. <laughs> so we're not saying Timmy. Rahul had a longing in his heart to know God, to really know God. And Isis was saying to him in his village, if you come and work with us, if you let us train you, if you do the things we tell you, you're going to know God. But somehow in his heart, it didn't feel right. He had a check in his spirit. And so he ran away from his village and he came to know the Lord and now he's in this discipleship program. You guys, God is on the move in the Muslim world. And there are men and women and boys and girls who long to know Jesus, don't believe the news. You guys, there's a hungry world that want to know Jesus. I have another story that I'm going to let save for Misty to tell you. And I'm going to make sure she remembers to tell you. It's a phenomenal story of what God did in a family's life because they were hungry for Jesus. So that's to be continued. I'm sorry, you guys, I need bifocals. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first learned until now. And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished in the day, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you. For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me in the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming to the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with a tender compassion of Christ Jesus. This was Paul writing the Philippians. And he was saying that they were partners in the spreading of the gospel. And I just want to say that to you today. You are partners in the spreading of the gospel through us, through Misty, through Madi, through all that come and will come from this place. 
You're reaching Syrian refugees. You're reaching orphans. You're reaching street kids in India. You're reaching kids that are growing up in the red light area. You're giving jobs and empowering young women that don't have a skill to buy their first pair of shoes. And you're doing that. Do you know how you're doing that? By praying. By red calling and encouraging us. By you sending people our way to go who they themselves will never be the same. You're doing it by praying for us on Sundays. And when we're at our weakest moment, when we think, God, I can't do this anymore. Give us your grace. Give us your grace to do what you've asked. That's when you're praying. And so I want to say the same words of Paul. I want to speak those words. I give thanks to my God whenever I pray. I make mention of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. I know you guys have got this local thing down. You do. You're doing an awesome work in your community. I commend you for that. Never stop. Keep increasing. Keep doing what God has asked you to do here. But you may not realize how much you're impacting the nations. And Jesus' mission was that all nations would know and would be in relationship with him. You are part of that. Um, I want to leave you with one verse that God has really been speaking to me about. About this issue of lordship and continuing to make him lord. I want to challenge you. It's going to look different for you than it does for me. But there may be some of you who God is saying, go. Go ye into all the world. Go to Russia. Go to Turkey. Come to India with me. And be changed. And there may be some ashas that he wants you to impact. Keep going. Keep going in your local community. Keep making Jesus Lord. Our world so much wants to pull us into How many more boats can we have? How many awesome houses? How many? And all those things, I understand. They're awesome. I love to go to the beach as much as you do. But in the end, I hear my dad's words echoing in my ear. Our life is a handbreadth. Our life is but a handbreadth. What will we do with that life? How will we live? Will we live it for Jesus? Will we live it for his kingdom to go forward? Or will we live it for ourselves? Each of us have that choice. I have that choice daily as you do. But I want to leave you with this word. 1 Corinthians 7, 17 says, let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God has called him. Lead the life that God has assigned to you. And if you don't know what that is, start asking him. And if it sometimes includes going and leaving your home, But God's promises are there that he will never leave you or forsake you and he will not, um, he will provide for you and he will give you more in the life to come, in this life and the life to come. Um, Also, just to let you know, this summer we're, we're adding a new program. You can pray with us for it. We feel that we're supposed to start reaching the younger generation. So we're gonna run a teen, one teen camp this summer. It's called Pursuit teen mission adventure, and we're going to have 10 days in Wiley where the 14 to 18-year-olds are going to get to know God in a deeper way, 
receive some of that core teaching about personal relationship with Jesus, believing him for encounters with God during that time, and then they're going to go on an outreach to Detroit, Michigan. They're going to work in the inner city of Detroit, um, cross-culturally in, in different areas. And so will you pray with us? And if you're 14 to 18, you're welcome to come or bring a, bring a group. And we have some information in the back about our DTS programs and our teen program that's happening this summer. And if you'd like to check out the Hopesgate jewelry stuff, that's always fun. Uh, it's back there, and all the proceeds from that go for a great cause. So thank you so much for, again, you, you know how I feel. Uh, we're grateful for you guys so much. And it's, it's not a small thing that you pray. It really isn't a small thing.